Hello and welcome, everyone, to Good Old Rocky Talk, a Vol Society podcast. I'm your host, Brad, here with my partners, the Davids. We're glad you're listening wherever you are. This is Good Old Rocky Talk. Eight and O. The volunteers are eight and O. Hello, everyone. This is your host and founder of Vol Society, Brad Frank, here with my partner, David Morrison. How you doing, David? Good evening, Brad. Eight and O, and number one team in the nation resides in Knoxville, Tennessee, our beloved Tennessee Volunteers. Yes. The the 15 years of agony and frustration, which in the last couple of years have been very sweet, especially this year. And now the, the reward has paid off so far, number one in the nation, but still got a long ways to go. But right now, let's we're celebrating uh, this season so far. You better believe it. Just to let everyone know, we're missing our other partner, David Dees. We miss you, buddy. He can't make it tonight. He had another commitment that came up. But we'll have him back next week with us. The three amigos will be back next week. But tonight, you got me and David Morrison. All right, David. Listen, man. If I'm dreaming, don't don't wake me up, man. Would you ever think in your life we would be 8-0 year two under Hypel? Seriously. I did not. I thought going into the preseason, I, you know, I was thinking, okay, well, 7-6 and six was a good, solid first year. You know, we established what Josh Hypel's philosophy for this team is uh it was a great first successful year you know thinking okay we can build on this I was thinking nine and three uh on the year kind of still thinking well we'll probably lose at least two of our big rivals on the year but you know you don't I mean you don't win games in preseason magazines basically you got to win it on the field and Josh Heifel and this Entire football team has overseeded expectations, and you have a Heisman Trophy favorite at quarterback who's putting up monster numbers. You got a wide receiver that's breaking school records that could be an All American. I mean, I mean, think about it, Brad. You know, it, we've you know I think we've had a couple of All Americans in the last fifteen years per se, but. This team could have three, maybe four All-Americans on this team. And like I said, you know, we saw Tuesday night, Tennessee number one in the college football playoff rankings and uh, number two, number three in other polls. I mean, this is a legit national championship contender team. Uh, and it's just uh, it's just amazing how quick this program has turned around the Josh Heupel era. Like I said, he's only been on the job since, what, January 2021. And, you know, here we are almost into year two of his hiring date. I mean, it's just just unbelievable uh, what has happened so far. 
Well, it's unreal. And and, and going back uh, to what you were talking about earlier, yeah, most people were saying seven wins, eight wins. You know, that's probably, you know, that, that would be a great year for us. And nine would be just outstanding. Heck, I said 10 and two. Yes, you I think did. I'm one of the only ones that said 10 and two. And I thought if we go 10 and two, that's going to be just incredible. And here I am now, just a few short months later. Heck, I mean, is it crazy that I'm sitting here saying, like, heck, forget that. Let's go undefeated, baby. I mean, this is crazy. What is going on? <laughs> it, uh, it is crazy to think, like you mentioned earlier, it almost feels like a dream or somebody playing a dynasty mode on NCAA football on PlayStation, you know, running with Tennessee. But, you know, this is real life, my friend. And, uh, you know, just talking about emotional season so far, you know, you defeated Florida for the first time in five years. You go down to LSU, dominated there. And then the just the emotional victory over Alabama, snapping the 15-game winning streak and – the storming the field and the tearing the goalpost down. I know people have their opinions on it, and, and we respect every opinion. But you just think about what this fan base has went through and the emotions. I, matter of fact, I saw a video from the UT dance team. Uh, they showed a couple of members of the dance team, like oh, yeah. Chase McGrath kicked the field goal, and two of the, the, the dance team members just, just started crying. The emotions of that, and it's just, you know, just the – it's just so exciting to see everybody involved, uh, not only you know for the Tennessee football program, but just Tennessee athletics and what this season means so far. And then last Saturday night, you had Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit, the the number one ESPN broadcast team in Neyland Stadium, calling Tennessee in Kentucky, and just a total dominating performance. And we're going to break down the game in just a few moments, but. Uh, just a gr- just it's just been a great season so far, and th- you know Tennessee football is back, and we can legit say that. No and, doubt. I mean, and I'm just happy for the fan base. Uh, happy for the past generation ball fans who are still ball fans, obviously. You know, seeing you know the glory days returning, and then. Uh, seeing the younger fans, and I'll tell a quick side story. So I did a trunk or treat uh, on Halloween night at my local church, and my my theme was a, was Tennessee football. So I had the pom poms and the Tennessee buttons kind of decorated and dressed up in UT garb and handed out candies. And there was one little little boy, probably five six years old, dressed as a transformer. So I told him, I'm like, hey, grab you a bag of candy, happy you know, happy Halloween, yada yada. And then he's like, Tennessee football, Tennessee football. And he was so excited just to see, you know, my my Jeep just decked out in Tennessee garb. And uh, the mom said, hey, can I take a picture of my son in front of this Tennessee stuff? And I said, go right ahead. And it's exciting to see, you know, this young fan who, you know, I don't know, he may have just started watching this year, but just so excited over Tennessee football, kind of the same way when I was his age or maybe a little bit older, you know, excited about Tennessee football. So that really touched me just seeing that. And, uh, yeah, I, it's just it's so exciting to see the state of Tennessee excited about Tennessee football once again. Well, yeah, and you're right. And that's a great story, Morrison. And, you know, and, and 
here it is, man. Tennessee really is back. And and here's the thing. And it's not just it's not just benefiting the football team. It's everyone. And and for for example, let me let me explain what I mean here. You mentioned that about the dance team, the video or whatever about the dance team. Did you happen to see the viral video that's going uh, crazy right now online with the cheerleaders? I think it was the dance team. Cheerleader? I think it was the dance team, not cheerleaders. Um, yeah, where they, they, like one of the I think they call themselves Spirit Squad now or something. They're all Spirit like Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's this viral video going out all over the place. I had so many people send it to me. It's had millions of views, and it had like one of the staff. Uh, people there on the field yes he's like in their way it was all rigged obviously and they were like get out of the way and the guy wouldn't move and then finally the guy just broke out in a (laughs) major i mean the dude's a baller dancer and he's just dancing in sync with the with the spirit squad and hey i gotta admit it was awesome i mean this dude was straight up in the zone yeah and and here's my here's my thing, man. Like that went viral, right? Everywhere you look now on TV, on Facebook, on social media, anywhere, YouTube, it's there's something going on, and it has to do with Tennessee. A lot of times, you're seeing more and more things affiliated with Tennessee, and I'm loving it. This is long overdue. We've talked long enough about I mean, we're going on 10 minutes here just talking about this, Morrison, so we'll stop at this. But the bottom line is, guys, I, is it not great just to be a Vol right now? I mean, this is just unreal. Enjoy it. Enjoy it, guys. If you're all the fans listening, enjoy this year, okay? This is a rare treat. Now, I'm not saying we're not going to be dominant and, and do well every year, but this is something, guys. I'm telling you, this is one heck of a year. Let's talk about that Kentucky game real quick, Morrison. 44 to 6. Dominating win over Kentucky. I mean, you look at that score, what stands out the most? Defense. Defense yes. showed out. We talk about it every every week, Morrison, how we see improvement with this team each and every week. We see the growth with this team each and every week. I mean, we're, we're literally seeing it every week. Shout out to the coaches for, for doing this because it's all on them getting these guys prepared and ready and confident to play. But I got to tell you, call me crazy, and I don't think I am, it almost looked like a different defense out there. I've never seen so many guys on defense just come out and play together and dominate. Right or wrong? Yeah, you're right. Uh, it, it looked like a completely different team. It, that that defense, especially that secondary, that's ranked in the in the hundreds, like almost one thirty. I think there's one hundred thirty one teams, which is play. awful. Yeah, it's like awful. almost last. Yes, I mean they just they look completely different. I think the big they they looked they looked for they they honestly just by looking at them looked ranked one thirty four or whatever it was. Yeah. To like the number one defense in the country. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. With a snap of a finger. How do you explain this? I don't know. It's just crazy. Know. Yeah, it definitely is. I think the big the the big notice thing for me was moving Danico Slaughter from the safety to corner. Yes. And Brandon Turnage over to the other corner. Now we've had yes. injuries on the corner. I agree with that. Warren Burrell out for the year. 
Kamal Haddon's been in and out of the lineup. Same thing with Deshaun Rucker. Uh, but Danico Slaughter, you know, and he even admits, you know, he prefers playing safety, but he made that adjustment to corner. He looked like the best defensive back in the SEC in that Kentucky oh, game. Unreal. Had, I mean, do you want to talk about the pick first? Or you want to talk about the hit? I, I guess we'll oh. talk about the hit. The, the, we'll talk about the hit first because that happened first. So, oh my God, Will this Levis like, said. Before you t- to say this, Morrison. I mean, what what Morrison's about to say, and you guys know what's this already if you watch the game. This was like watching a freaking movie. Like I was losing my mind. This is like watching like any given Sunday. You know the movie any given where you just see stuff that is just scripted in a movie. Mm. Talk about it, Morrison. What happened? So Kentucky was driving on Tennessee. Uh, I think they were getting close to the red zone. Will Levis tried to throw uh, a pass out into the flat. Danico Slaughter was ready for it. And he just laid the boom on that Kentucky receiver. Ball went up in the air, and Jawan Mitchell, our middle linebacker, was right behind it, made the interception, and took off a good 25, 30 yards down the field. I mean, it was just boom, boom, right there. And it's, it's perfection. Just, it was yeah. gorgeous. It I was mean, gorgeous. That to I mean, there's been some big plays this season. But that's probably one that I'm going to remember at season's end, especially the best defensive play of the season with Slaughter's yeah. hit and then Juwan Mitchell's interception. Yeah, uh, it was just it was just unbelievable. It's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. And then you got in Juwan Mitchell, mm-hmm. two tackles, six assists, I believe. You can yes. correct me if I'm wrong on this, and one interception. Does yeah. that sound about right? That is right. What a game! Had what a, a great had a, game. Man, Incredible. I mean, yeah, and he's been. This is definitely his best game since he's been at Tennessee. He's been injured pretty much his entire Tennessee run. Seems like now he's at the healthiest he's been, and and what a way to break out. We've been waiting for two years for Jawan Mitchell to have a breakout game. Uh, well, he had it. He did. I mean, former leading tackler at Texas, and I think in. Uh, twenty uh, in the twenty twenty shortened season, and then transferred to Tennessee, and there was a lot of excitement, especially that was the first year of the transfer portal. Like, man, we got the leading tackler in Texas, and just never came into fruition until until Saturday night. And I think he's got, and I can't wait to see what he has in store the rest of the season. Yeah, and and, and just speaking on that defense, I mean, so you got Juwan Mitchell. We talked about his stats. I think uh, Trevon Flowers, he he led the team with tackles. I think he had three and then had three assists, if I'm not mistaken. Great game by him. But I didn't even, like, you probably have the whole stat book in front of of you, Morrison, but Mm -hmm. I didn't even bother because it's so long with how (laughs) many people, like, had assists or tackles. And that tells you that this was a team effort on defense Saturday night. I mean, there they was, dominated. Yeah. There were 72 total tackles in this game, 28 solo. God. Yeah. Four, four sacks uh, from our defense. Uh, Byron Young had a sack and a half in that game. Love it. Uh, yeah. He's still still my favorite defensive player. Oh, I love Byron Young. Team. Love it. What him. a story. I'm glad, I'm glad ESPN 
brought up the story about we mentioned absolutely this before, you know, about him used to work at the Dollar General went tried out at Georgia Military College and now here he is on the number one team in the nation just a a, a incredible story. great success story he's had yeah so, that Juwan Mitchell interception went for forty eight yards yeah I just did. now saw it that's unreal so so yeah so defense balled out obviously they got six points. I, I just couldn't be more proud of what of of what I saw Saturday night from that defense, mm-hmm. and I've been waiting a long time to see that. Okay. Um. And and if they can emulate what just happened there Saturday night, the rest of this season, guys, there's no reason this team can't go undefeated. I I mean that. mean that. You can call me super optimistic. I don't care what you call me. I call it like it is. That defense Saturday night was balling. Then we go to offense. Let's talk about that for a little bit. I mean, (laughs) let's talk about the greatest offense, man, in the league. It's just the greatest. Don't you love Josh Heupel? God, I love that guy. Probably the best <sighs> offensive mind in college football right now. No question about it. You had Hooker, 19 of 25, 245 yards, three touchdowns. And guess what, guys? Zero interceptions. This guy right here, if he doesn't win the Heisman, <laughs> something's wrong. There's I mean, something wrong. We we've been we've been robbed twice from the Heisman Trophy uh, with Johnny Majors and Peyton Manning. I mean, you know, I don't want third time to be the. Tra- I mean, what? at least yeah. third well, time here's the term the thing. in a positive way. We have we have, but there's always people who argue and and that's fine. They debate yeah. and say no. Yeah. Actually, you know, Charles Woodson he had, and you know he did have a yeah. great year that year. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. But here's what I'm trying to say. Man, if Hooker continues to throw these numbers up the rest of the season, there's only a few games left, I just don't see how it could even be debated. I I mean, there's no there's no doubt in my mind. If he especially if he goes undefeated, there's just no no doubt he should win. Anyways, he had a great game. We had uh we had we had some good we had a little bit of uh, running game was solid. Small, what do you have? What, 21 carries, almost 80 yards? Is that right? Yeah, 21 carries, 78 yards. Uh, Wright did did, well, too. Yeah, Wright was probably the more consistent running back. He averaged over 10 yards a rush in that game. Well, and and didn't Wright almost have as as many yards uh, with, like, half the carries? Yeah. Um. Yes, seven for seventy-three. I mean, so he had seven carries, right? Seven. Yeah, seven carries. Seven carries yards. for seventy-three yards. So okay, so over half. Um, and Small had what twenty-one of seventy-eight. So yeah, Wright has really been impressive, man. Oh yeah, I've been very happy with him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I mean, the thing is with Small and Wright, I mean they're a good one-two combo, and you can trust Jabari Small. Uh. I know he's kind of been banged up, and I know they they use him more as our bell cow, even though he's not really a bruising running back at all. Uh, but 
he, we know that he's very tough, but Rod is definitely our speed running back. He can hit the hole and take off uh, for big yards. Absolutely. Yardage. And then, Absolutely. of course, you, you throw in Hendon Hooker's uh, running ability, which, uh, you know, he had 10 carries for 23 yards. I think he's been, I think he got sacked a couple times in that game, so that kind of uh, yeah. put some negative yardage in that. But, you know, we all know what Hendon Hooker could do. I mean, Hendon Hooker's running ability reminds me a lot of Josh Dobbs. Uh, you know, Josh Dobbs wasn't the fastest guy out there, but he was very elusive and he can make you miss and uh, switch directions in a cha- in a hurry. And Dobbs was the exact same way. Now, Dobbs was a bigger quarterback than what Hendon Hooker is as far as physique-wise. Uh, but, you know, it, it, their, their games are very similar, Dobbs and Hendon Hooker is. It's just, you know, it, you know, high side 2020 is like, man, if, if Josh Dobbs was in Josh Heifel's offense, I mean, it could have been a totally different career for Dobbs. And, and Dobbs had a great run at Tennessee. Yeah, definitely. Let's move on to the wide receivers, guys, real quick. In fact, let's start with my man. Everyone's man. Number 11 in your programs, number one in your hearts. Guys, I said this, I think, like day one on the podcast. I was like, man, that Jalen Hyatt guy, I was like, that dude has swagger. Like, that dude, I love his outfits. I love his confidence. You can see it on his face. Ball walk, when that guy's walking down in his fancy suits, and, hey, man, you can see it on his face. This dude has it. I have never been so excited about a guy in my life. I love this dude. I'm not kidding you. Jalen Hyatt is amazing. He had five receptions, 138 yards, two touchdowns Saturday. Unbelievable. And you know what? This is the norm for this guy. <laughs> I know it. Is it not? I mean, the numbers he puts up week after week would be a uh, like a career day for an average college football wide receiver, and it's constant uh, what he does every week. I mean, you mentioned five catches, 138 yards. I mean, he averaged over 27 yards of reception Saturday night. I mean, that's unreal. Of course, that big 55-yard connection from Hendon Hooker to Jalen Hyde uh, on the opening uh, possession for Tennessee. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, on the year, 45 catches for 907 yards and 14 touchdowns. I th- and, and he leads, and of course, he leads the SEC in all three of those categories. I mean, I think he has Jeez. like almost 300 yards uh, in receiving yards compared to the next uh, SEC wide receiver, which I believe I, I believe is one of the old Miss old Miss wide receivers. I think he's got like 660, but still, hey, it's just he's crushing it. Yes, he's crushing it. It's crazy. And you had Brew McCoy. He was six for 54 yards, I believe. Mm-hmm. Then Tillman. Tillman welcome welcome back. back, Tillman. It's good mm-hmm. to have him back. I think, what, four of 22? Yep. Is that right? Four of 22? Yep. Look like most of his receptions was in the first quarter, I guess, just trying to get him into the uh, rotation. Exactly again. what we thought would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of get him going again, right? Yeah. Didn't want to do too much with him. Just kind of get him out there and go through some of the, you know, 
go through it a little bit, and he, he did well four for twenty two yep. yards. Um, but man, yeah, Jalen Hyatt, golly, um, this this dude's crazy. This dude is wild. Love mm. him. Love yeah. him. He's only six foot, one hundred eighty pounds. He's not a six four, two ten. No. Wide receiver. I mean. No. And it's just, it's just, he was in, he's in the right place at the right time. And yep. he does it every week after week. And he can yep. burn some, and he can burn some DBs. I, I was getting ready to say, man, he's in the right place, right time. But also when he gets that ball mm-hmm. and he has that little bit of time, dude, this dude is gone. Yes. This dude is gone. You're not catching him. No. It's fantastic. All right. Let's move on, man. Awesome win. Puts us 8-0. Gosh. Again, if I'm dreaming, don't wake me up, guys. Let's move on to our next segment, David. Let's talk okay. about, uh, you know what it is. What did we learn this past week in college football? Okay. What'd you learn, Morrison? Talk to me. Uh, Well, what I learned is Auburn finally got rid of their head coach, Brian Harson on Monday, which we kind of... Ha- had a feeling that was going to happen. Uh, they took a loss. Let me pull up the SEC scores here from this past week. Uh, yeah, Auburn uh, dropped a big-time game to Arkansas, 41-27, which I figured, you know, Arkansas was a favorite, but they hadn't beat Auburn in several years. So that was a, a good win for the Hogs, but, you know, an end or, uh, a tenured end for Brian Harson, which – to me, I never thought that was a great fit for Harson at Auburn, and uh, it was just that he was just had too many people against him as far as his whole tenure goes. And you know, best of luck to him, and we'll see where Auburn goes. Uh, but you know, that's kind of what I learned. Um, you know, Missouri defeating South Carolina after a week ago, they defeated Texas A and M. They just totally laid an egg. Uh, to Missouri, which now that Missouri game is getting a little bit more interesting since they're on a two-game winning streak right now. Mm. Um, so Eli Drinkowitz has got these guys playing pretty well, and and your and your boy Beamer, <laughs> he's uh, not looking not looking hot. I mean, got back. Oh in- no way! I know. Could have told you that. In fact, I have been telling everyone that all year. Beamer the yeah. clown. Anyways, absolutely. Uh, and then, yeah. Speaking and then of outside, Missouri, though. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep in mind, this is a team that almost beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. Four points. That's all it was. Absolutely. Georgia won by four. Should we be worried about Missouri, Morrison? Well, uh, that game's on my birthday, so I kind of hope not. Um, I, I, you know, it's 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 funny where how some of these SET. SEC teams just kind of click at certain times of the year. And, you know, Missouri right now is four and four on the year, you know, trying to make a bowl game. And, and Missouri is one of these programs that can get to six wins. Uh, for I, the just, most part. I just don't see them even coming close to beating us. No, I don't either. No. You know what I mean? But it blows my no. mind that, you know, they almost beat a Georgia. Four points. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I'm not too worried about them. Yeah. They get they get Kentucky on a Saturday, and uh, Kentucky's only a one-point favorite. And that game's That'll be an interesting game. Is that this Saturday? That's this Saturday. Yeah, All right. On the SEC Network. Yep. 
All right, that's a, that'll be that, an interesting game. Yeah, this is a big week in the SEC besides our game, and and oh, got yeah. Alabama and LSU. And uh, what time even, is that Bama LSU game? Seven o'clock on ESPN. Yeah, I'll be watching that game. Yeah. And then before our game, even on ESPN, you got Florida and Texas A&M. To me, two teams that are very even right now. Wow. That's a must Wow, this is a big week for football. Yeah. I mean, you know, 13 of the 14 SEC teams are playing this weekend. Um, Ole Miss has the bye week this week, and uh, Arkansas is playing Liberty, uh, which Liberty is in the top 25 in the AP poll. So, I mean, this is a great SEC – Football Saturday, and of course, our game is headlines yeah, is. everything. Yeah, I'll tell you what I learned, Morrison. You want to hear what I learned? Go ahead. I learned one thing, and one thing only. I learned that those Tennessee Volunteers <laughs> are the number one ranked team. Yes. In the college football playoff rankings. That's what I learned. You hear that, folks? Number one. And our opponents, Georgia, that you know, who's number one in both the AP and coaches poll, the, the playoff committee in the first ratings dropped them to three. And you know what? And I, I agree with that. So many people too. were like, Oh my goodness, what is going on? I, 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 Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. I can't stand Georgia. But listen, hey, they did this right. This was done correctly. I agree. I mean, you because you, you got to factor in everything. All right. First of all, thank you to the committee for respecting the volunteers and the schedule we've played and and, and just the resume we have this year. You know. It, from what I understand, it was a no-brainer for the committee that the volunteers, they deserve to be in that number one spot. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Yeah, Georgia, they got it right, man. I mean, this is a team that struggled with Kent State mm-hmm. and Missouri. Yeah. And Tennessee and then, hasn't done any of that crap. I mean, no. we've beat many ranked teams. I mean, it's just unbelievable, the difference. So they did that right, in my opinion. Georgia should be three. Uh, what else did we learn? We have Ohio State at two. And this one's an interesting one. Clemson at four. This is what I tell you right now. The committee on. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, Morrison. You tell me mm-hmm. what you think. We talked about this with D's as well. D's, I know what D's thinks. If we played Clemson tomorrow, mm-hmm. we would obliterate them. I really mean that. Absolutely. I mean, they're not, they are not. Worthy of being in that four spot. I don't care what you say. No, they they've they've played in some some close games. I know. Um, yeah, they beat Wake Forest on the road and had to go to well, Syracuse. Over, almost beat them. Yeah, Syracuse almost beat them. Uh, they got an interesting game going to Notre Dame Saturday night. Uh, so it'll be quite interesting. But you know, their their starting quarterback DJ Uangale, you know. He's pretty much not their starting quarterback. It looks like it's uh, Cole Kublick or whoever is yeah. is their guy. So th- their overall body of work right now, I just don't see how they're at number four. I thought TCU kind of got robbed out of the whole deal. You know, they, they put them at number seven. I would probably put TCU in the top four. And, you know, even – I mean, we can talk about Michigan or whoever else. But, yeah, 
if the season ended today and we played Clemson in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, I mean, it would the game be over by halftime. I would have no problem betting a lot of money on that game. I, I mean that. That's the confidence I have uh, in, in how much better Tennessee is over Clemson. Clemson's not that great. They're no, not. The, they're not. They're, they're, I'm, I, you know, it, it all depends on how Clemson does recruiting. And, but, you know, you're seeing kind of the, the tail end of the old way of how college football is ran with Clemson and Davo Sweeney and, just recruiting and doing things kind of the right way, and now you're kind of seeing this new wave of Tennessee and probably some other programs down the road, and you know, and just the way our offenses run and team structure runs. Yeah, I agree. Tennessee would definitely dominate Clemson. All right, Morrison, you know what time it is? Is it time for the mailbag? Oh, we're going to the mailbox, baby. Let's go check out some mail. From our loyal fans. We love you guys. Thank you so much for continuing the, su- to support good old Rocky Talk, our podcast, and also our Facebook page uh, at Vol Society. It's V O L Society. If you're listening to this and you're on Facebook, you got to find us. Just type in Vol Society and you'll find us there. We have thousands i think we're over twenty-two thousand followers right now on uh on our facebook page we're also on twitter you can find us on twitter at society vol so it's just backwards type in society vol you'll find us there on twitter and on youtube we have over a thousand plus subscribers now on youtube it's getting big um and, and, and you we've can kind find of us there. changed. Yeah, I was gonna say we yeah. kind of changed around our YouTube page uh, yep. in the past, where it's been a bunch of episodes of All Society Live. We're kind of condensing that down uh, to not have a big long back catalog of it. Uh, if you want the backlog catalog, definitely check out the Facebook page. But we wanted to put some more exclusive content to our YouTube page, so a lot of Brad's reactions, a lot of hype videos. Uh, so just kind of give you a heads up if you're on our YouTube page. I mean, we'll still stream our live Wednesday night show on our YouTube page. Uh, we're just not going to archive a bunch of backlog episodes of games that are over a year old. Yep. And you can find us, uh, exactly. Thanks David. And you can find us there on YouTube at, uh, youtube.com slash ball society. So please follow, uh, wherever you like to, wherever you're hanging out on social media, be sure to su- subscribe and follow us. We really appreciate it, guys. All right, David, let's go to our first question. This is from Carl N. Okay. From Humboldt, Tennessee. Where in the world is that? Humboldt, Tennessee. Uh, it is between Gadsden and Madison County. Uh, okay. Near Jackson, Tennessee, so West Tennessee area. Okay. Yep. Well, Carl, thank you so much for tuning in. Now, Carl, he asks on Facebook, if Tennessee beats Georgia Saturday, is their ticket punched for the playoff? Okay. Well, David, I'll let you answer this here in just a second, but I'm going to just, if, if, you, if I may, without question, Carl, that's my answer. And I'm going to say this. 
we might even make the playoff with this loss. Morrison, elaborate. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think even if a loss to Georgia, I don't think it will necessarily hurt us. I think the only thing that may, I don't think, I think the only thing that may come into play is depends on how Alabama does. Uh, if they kind of run the table and even ESPN kind of mentioned on the Tuesday night reveal show that if Alabama wins the rest of their games, they're getting in. They, they basically blunt said that to me, this is more of a must win game for Georgia, Georgia, you know, for the rest of the season are taking on teams that's not even ranked in the top 25. And, and chances are we're probably going to be in that same scenario, but their strength of schedule is nowhere compared to ours. Uh, so, you know, win, lose, you know, obviously we win. If we win, we're going to Atlanta. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, loss, you know, it will sting, but I think we still are, the odds are still definitely in our favor to get back in to that final four, probably get that number four slot. Yep. And I totally agree with that. Stand by it a hundred percent. So yeah, short answer. If we win, there's no question, <laughs> no question. If we lose, I, yeah, I, as you just heard uh, myself and Morrison, we, we, we think we're still getting in there. Um, let's go to our next question from Fred J from Seymour, Tennessee. Fred, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for the question. Do you think being number one will affect Tennessee negatively on the field? That's a good question, Fred. No, I do not. Let me explain. First of all, I think these young men are locked in and they know what they need to do to complete the mission that they're on right now, okay? Hey, these guys are so much more mature than I was at that age, it's not even funny. You know, I, I and this is funny, Morrison, I watched these press conferences with these young men, and, and you can just see the discipline these guys have. And, and the desire to win. You can see it on their face. If you know yeah, what you're absolutely. looking for, you, you'll see it. It's there. Um, and I'll say this. As Eric Ainge, our good friend, Eric Ainge, who was on our podcast just a few weeks ago, as he told us when he was on the show with us, he said, uh, and I'll never forget this. This is great. He said that David Cutcliffe, I'm sure every Vol fan knows, remembers David Cutcliffe. One of his big teachings was always confidence comes with preparation. If you're prepared, then you're confident. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no doubt in my mind that Heupel and staff has this team prepared. That's all I'm going to say about that. Morrison? Yeah, I agree. Uh, this team has faced some big battles all season long, faced some 
tough teams, and there's been many a times where this Tennessee team could have just folded up and called it a day and quit. But this team doesn't quit. I don't see quit in this team at all. Um, you know, being number one, you know, I'm I'm sure they're tickled to death. But I I think even Josh Heupel, you know, doesn't really say you know we're big and bad and no one can beat us or you know doesn't have that mentality. Oh he's my god, kinda, he's the most humble coach you're gonna find. Absolutely, definitely so. And I think this team is laser focused on the on the end goal and you know. Being number one in the college football playoff poll, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. I'm sure the team has decided about it. But, you know, honestly, I think they're more focused on Georgia this week. They know what they're facing against because this is the last big giant that you're going to face in the regular season before the postseason, whoever we face. Um, You know, we talk about the three big rivals, Florida, Bama, Georgia the three-headed monster of our schedule, and we've already took down two of the big heads, and now here's the top dog, the the defending national champions right here, and, you know, you're number one in the playoff poll. Georgia's number one in the AP and the coaches poll. I mean, who's the real number one? And we're going to find out on Saturday, but, yeah, I agree. I don't see uh, this being a negative effect on them. Yeah. Let's go to Bob S., Bob S. from Greenback, Tennessee. He asked, do you think the SEC could get three teams into the playoffs? That's a good question. Um, Morrison, I'll let, you, I'll let you talk about that a little more than I will. You know a little bit more about this stuff than I do. Um, I, I guess for me, I'm going to say you know, anything's possible, but I, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Morrison might have a difference of opinion there, but um, but Bob, my answer, short and an- sweet answer is going to be I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Morrison, no, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I know the committee always talks about putting the four best teams in there, but deep down, I really think we can't have three of the best uh, three representatives from the same conference, even though we all agree the SEC is the best conference in college football, but you know, they probably want more representation, uh, rep- uh, representatives from the other power five conferences. So um, I, I think to the most, uh, whether it be us, uh, Georgia, Alabama, um, and that's why this game is so crucial for us, because especially if, if we do defeat Georgia, I mean, I think Georgia got a longer way to go. I think Alabama is just kind of waiting on the outside in. Uh, but, you know, you look at you still have a couple of teams in the Big Ten undefeated, Michigan and Ohio State. Whoever wins that game I think is going to get a lock uh, in the playoff. Um, and then you got an undefeated Clemson team, which I know we just totally buried, but they are undefeated and they're in a Power 5 conference. You also got TCU from the Big 12, if they run the table and win it, I think they'll get in. Uh, even if, at the end of the at the end of the season, I think this committee will probably put a couple of Power Five conference champions ahead of uh, maybe a one loss SEC team. I see two at most, but not three. Let's go to Curtis G. from Knoxville, Tennessee. Curtis. He asked, do you think Jalen Hyatt 
will be a Heisman finalist with Hendon Hooker? That's a great question, Curtis. I'm glad you asked that, to be honest. Oh, man, where do, where do I begin? Um, I'll tell you what, Morrison, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Hyatt has at least two or three touchdowns every daggone game, uh, including big yards to go with that. <laughs> okay. I mean, the way I see this, if if this continues, which it has been continuing, I keep thinking, nah, there's going to be that. G- it's going to stop eventually, right? I keep thinking that. It doesn't happen. It hasn't happened yet. I'm going to tell you, if that trend continues to be the norm the rest of the season, I'll be honest, how could he not be there with Hook? Seriously. What do you think, Morris? I mean, how could he not? Yeah, I mean, you, you, it's hard to ignore, which I understand the, the Heisman Trophy is a very quarterback-friendly award, but we saw Devontae Smith a couple of seasons ago win the Heisman Trophy as a wide receiver for Alabama. Um, I think you have to consider it. Obviously, we think Hendon Hooker is going to make it to New York. I think C.J. Yeah. Stroud from Ohio State will get there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you talk about who is probably the third or fourth best player in college football, and, um, you know, after after Hooker and Stroud, I think Jalen Hyatt's definitely in that discussion. And I know he a is. lot of – I think a lot of people are putting a lot of praise for Hendon Hooker and well-deserved, but, yeah, Jalen Hyde has just put up just monster numbers week in and week out. I mean, almost 300 yards more reception yards than the second-place leading SEC wide receiver, over 40 catches on the year. I mean, he's definitely going to get over 1,000 yards, maybe even more. Uh, You know, he's already broke the Tennessee single season's uh, touchdown record, which was held by Marcus Nash for over 25 years. Um, You know, yeah, I think you definitely so. I mean, unless I'm just totally blanking for getting somebody, but, you know, after. You you can't ignore the stats. You really can't ignore the numbers he's putting up. It's really that simple. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. You really can't. I mean, this guy is just crushing it. Mm-hmm. And if that continues, I just don't see. I don't know, man. Like Curtis, um, I. That's you know that's that's my opinion, but I'm sticking with it, man. If he continues to to do what he's been doing the rest of the year, I I I think you're gonna see two Tennessee Volunteers up there representing. And my goodness. I'll be crying, man, just because it's emotional that two guys. Can you imagine, Morrison, watching that on ESPN? And, like, could you imagine having two Tennessee football players representing? Oh, my gosh. I I just I can't even. I mean, we haven't been up there to New York uh, a a lot at all. I mean. Enjoy this, guys. Enjoy this season, please. This is unbelievable. Gosh. So great. All right. Well, that's going to be it for our mailbag section, uh, guys. Thank you so much for the questions. Uh, we really love you guys, and thank you for tuning in um, each and every week. We're going to go to our final segment, Morrison, all right? All right. Let's do it. Let's talk about uh, briefly 
We have a big game coming up. <laughs> we do. I think it's uh I think it's a big game. Playing uh who are we playing? Oh, the Georgia Bulldogs. Saturday. Three thirty PM kickoff. CBS. Let's talk about it. Thoughts on that game, um, Morrison. Let's let's, let's kind of talk about this together. So, let me ask you a question. I was talking to some people about this earlier this week. Is this the biggest game of the season for us? A lot of people are saying it's that Bama game. What are your thoughts? Is this the biggest game? I think it is. I mean, yes, that Bama game was huge. Uh, you know, second time college game day came to visit. You had a sold-out Neela Stadium. It's a big rivalry game. But to me, this is even bigger. This, obviously, with a win, gets you to Atlanta, gets you in the college football playoff. Um, and like I said, you're going on the road to your toughest road environment of the year. Now, I was listening to Josh Pate, you know, kind of discussing, you know, will the crowd noise affect Tennessee? And he kind of says that he don't think it will because of just the way you're up-tempo and you're kind of signaling the whole time. You're not using verbal cadence at all. Yeah, I agree with that. So, I mean, uh, which, spoiler alert, he ended up picking Georgia to win. But, uh you know, yeah, it's gonna. This is a this is a huge opportunity right here for Tennessee to just, like I said, defeat that third and final giant on the year. I mean, I totally agree. So I've I've had debates with people saying that you know that it's the Bama game. Yeah. Um. And don't get me wrong, the Bama game is one. It, it, you know, I don't think it's fair to c- compare the two because the Bama game was like the statement win. It's been, mm-hmm. you know, 15 or so years. I mean, it's just haven't beat Bama in so long, right? Yeah. And then it was kind of that statement game that we're back, right? Yeah. Um, it was It was a bigger game for us than probably Alabama. For, I mean, this yeah. was just – this was our opportunity to say we're yeah. back. Exactly. But in terms of, like – the game, mm-hmm. it's it's this one. I have to say it's this one because it determines so much. Yeah, you win this game. I mean, you're you're first in the East, and you're go you're going to the championship. Yes, this is this for the East. pretty this much the guarantees. There are no guarantees in football. Yeah, yeah. We could lose uh, yeah. to Missouri or whoever we got left, Vanderbilt. Yeah. That's not going to happen. But no, no, um, Lyle's not here anymore. But uh, but yeah, you get this win and like it's a big deal. This game is a big deal. Yes, but big for both teams. For Tennessee, we that's what makes it so extreme, yeah. right? Yeah. That's why this game is huge for both teams. Yeah, and he, and I think there's some Georgia fans that realize if we lose this game, we may not even re- get back in the playoffs. We'll, we'll probably go into the Sugar Bowl. Nothing That's right. With the Sugar Bowl. But, no. you know, for Georgia, who's been number one basically all year, one slip up, 
you know, they're out. So this is this is a bigger yeah. I mean, this is just as a big deal for Georgia to win as as us. No question. I cannot wait for this game. Oh my goodness. All right. Uh all right, Morrison. Okay. You know what time it is, don't you? Yeah. It's my favorite time right here where we get to call the game. So first I want to ask you this. Okay. What does Tennessee have to do right to win this game? I think they need to attack early on Georgia. Obviously, you know, we talk I don't think the crowd factor will be a big big impact of the game, but I think you got to get this crowd out early. You got to attack right out of the gate. Go, you know, if this game gets up 14 nothing, I don't think Georgia wants to play a game where they have to keep constantly coming back like Alabama did. Alabama has the horses to kind of stay in big-time games like that. Uh, I just don't know if Georgia is that type of team. To me, you got to get a big early lead, you know, maybe even have a 10-point lead at halftime. I think you got to attack early, get Hennon Hooker, Jalen Wright going, and kind of take the crowd out a little bit. Now, second half, I know Georgia's going to be throwing their blows to try to make a comeback, but to me, like I said, I think you got to throw that knockout punch or throw a big haymaker right in the first half. So I agree with that 100%. Um, and then I'll add to that. Uh, I would say, you know, I say this all the time. All year I've said this uh, to people here in town or whoever I'm talking to about Tennessee football. Man, anytime that Heupel and and that offense can can throw up forty or more points, it's game, man. We we'll, we we have a great shot of winning that game. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. I may, it may be crazy for saying this. I think a lot of people predicting this game to to be a a lower scoring game than we usually see. But uh, but I'm gonna stick with uh. I'm going to stick with this. You know, what you said is is true, but also if the Vols can get 40 points or more, I, 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 I see us winning this game. I see us winning this game. Um, so it takes me to my next point. Morrison, what's your, what's your score prediction? Oh, boy. So, so this is something I've been thinking about all week, and I knew it was going to come here. Uh, you know, kind of thinking about what I'm expecting. I expect to see Georgia to, even when they're on offense, to really control time of possession. Uh, they're going to be using their running game. Kenny McIntosh is a good running back. You know, they have the so-called best tight end room in the country, and Brock Bowers is a big-time tight end, and they got some good ones. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm going to say Tennessee is going to be very similar to that pit game. I'm going to say Tennessee 33, Georgia 30. Wow. Wow. And here's what I'm going to do, Morrison. This is interesting. I'm going to do the complete opposite. And I'm going to go one further. Here's what I'm going to say. That Alabama game was was to the wire, as we all know. 
And that's what most people are saying about this game. That it's going to be a nail-biter. I don't see it. Oh, Brad, you're crazy. You're an idiot. I can't believe I don't care if people say that about me. I don't think this game, don't get me wrong, it's going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't think this game is going to end anything like the Bama game. I really don't. Okay. In fact, my final score, ladies and gentlemen, and kids of all ages, 52 to 42. Oh, wow. The Vols win by 10. In Athens. In Sanford Athens. Stadium. Between the Sanford Stadium. Wow. Yeah, I know. That sounds a little crazy. 52-42 volunteers by 10. And, and the crazy thing is, I know our we dipped below 50 uh, this past week, but, I mean, that's close to the, the scoring averages for both teams. I mean. Oh, you better believe it. There. Yeah. Oh, you better believe it. Fifty-two, forty-two. I kind of, I kind of, I'm looking at your face here, Morris, and that kind of, kind of blew your mind there for a second. You didn't see that one coming, did you? No, because uh, we, we haven't even, like I said, we don't. Obviously, we didn't discuss, and we, we did a live show on uh on Tuesday night, and we didn't even reveal the score either. Because I was nope. still thinking, but I, you know, I wanted to wait and hear on the podcast. So, all right, guys. Wow. I'm already getting, uh, I'm not nervous. I'm excited about this game Saturday, and I'm sure you guys are as well. But that's going to do it for us here today. Morrison, great show, buddy. Uh, it's just the two of us today, and uh, next week we'll have our third amigo back with us, David Dees. But ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next week for another episode of good old Rocky talk. And it is my hope that I start the show next week saying nine and oh, the volunteers are heading to Atlanta. It is my hope that I can say that. But for now, have a great evening. Beat the Bulldogs and go Vols.